Gotta take my time with this one, folks. I definitely have to take my time with this subject and with this topic. Before I get started, I just gotta say, do I do, I do not own the rights or the copyrights of the music that was just playing. I had to play that though. I had to play it in the background and not use my normal music or my normal uh, theme when recording this show. Because I had, I, I had to take this time and pay tribute to one of hip-hop's icons of this generation. I'm talking about none other than paying tribute to one Nipsey Hussle, who was shot and killed on March 31st in Los Angeles in front of his own business. I got to take my time with this one, y'all. I got to take my time with this one. And really put some thought into my words before I actually talk or go into my discussion on this issue. (sighs) It was a crazy week. It was a crazy week. Week and a half. Keeping up with all different feeds and the different storylines of... Everything that's been going on since the untimely death of Nipsey Hussle. It's been one of those weeks where I even had the opportunity to learn new things about the rap icon before, uh, you know, that I didn't know before. Some, Some very enlightening things. About the young man that passed away. Young King if you will. Man. Before I get into it. Just one more song. Just one more song. I gotta pay homage to the man. So we're gonna play one more song for you guys. Just to vibe to for a little bit. Before we get into this segment. You are listening to the Bounce House. I am your host. The only one. Surrender, we're about to get it in, y'all. I'm prolific, so gifted. I'm the type that's gonna go get it. 
no kidding. Breaking down a switch in front of your building. Sitting on the steps, feeling no feelings. Last night it was a cold killer. You gotta keep the devil in this hole, nigga. But you know how it go, nigga. I'm front line every time it's on, nigga. Honey proof flow, running shoot pro. 458 drop, playing bulletproof soul. Every few shows, I just buy some new gold. Circle got smaller, everybody can't go. Downtown Diamond District, jewelers like yo. Hustle, holla at me, I got Cubans on the low. Through the Cancun, smoking Cubans on the boat. Then dock that Tulum just to smoke. Nah, listening to music at the Maya ruins. True devotion on the bluest ocean. Cruising, my cultural influence, even revolution. I'm integrated vertically, y'all niggas blew it. They tell me hustle, dumb it down, you might confuse me. It's like that weirdo rap you motherfuckers used to. I'm a urban legend. South Central and the South Mm. Mm. In a time where hip hop is catching so much heat for having a lack of talent, in a time where hip hop is at a crossroads, where it's come face to face between what it was really meant for and what it was really meant to drive. And becoming commercialized to the point of where hip-hop is losing its full identity. There's a handful of rappers that are out there that I can name off the top of my head. That I will say are true talents and true icons of this generation. That are putting it down and are keeping the spirit of real hip-hop alive. This young man was definitely one of them. He was definitely one of the young ones that had crazy talent. 33 years old. He was in his prime. Prime and ready to go. Had a message. Had a message for the world to hear and a world for the world to see. L.A. lost a great one. Hip-hop has lost a great one. More importantly, the world has lost a great one. See, a lot of you don't realize how much hip-hop influences a lot of places around the world. A lot of different communities. Hip-hop has always been that type of music which which has always been the voice of the community now i know it's moved into suburbia but it started off in the inner city it started off in new york and hip-hop started off to bring peace and unity when the gangs in new york's were popping off and they were killing one another black on black crime puerto ricans Killing Puerto Ricans, Puerto Ricans killing blacks, and blacks killing Puerto Ricans. It was a crazy time in New York in the 70s. Hip-hop was invented to bring unity in the hood. To get the young people together. And start thinking outside of the box. Utilizing their talents. To bring happiness 
to each other's lives. Whether that talent be through breakdancing, graffiti art, DJing, or rapping. And over the course of time, hip-hop has kind of lost that, it's lost that mojo. It's lost its face. Now, a lot of people call the early 90s the golden era of hip-hop. And I would have to agree with that. Even though hip-hop started in the 70s, in the late 80s and early 90s, you saw a shift in hip-hop where there were so many different type of rap artists. You had so many different styles and so many different subjects and so many different art forms in hip-hop that it truly was a golden age. I mean, you have groups like N.W.A., Above the Law, Compton's Most Wanted, rappers like DJ Quick, Course Ice Cube, Dre, with NWA, Easy E, <clears throat> all putting it down for the West Coast. And then you had the East Coast who had been doing it for a while. You know, you had major groups in the East Coast that was that was implementing culture, subcultures. The abstract formation of uh, abstract form and mindset of like a tribe called Quest or Jungle Brothers or uh, De La Soul, hip hop hippies. You know, and that obviously opened the door for other groups. I mean, Run DMC was doing it in the 80s. But it was so many different forms of hip hop. If, if you get what I'm saying, West Coast provided some abstract artists as well. You had the far side. You had the Alcoholics and King T. Nobody forgot about the Midwest because the Midwest was a lot like the West Coast. They were they were on that. They were on some real hood shit as well. The Ghetto Boys. Down South or Florida. You know, you had two live crew. You had the Bay Area up here in California, Northern California. Too short, the click, E40 and the click. I mean, I can go on and on and on and on and on. Here is a young man at the age of 33 in his prime, gunned down in front of his own store in his neighborhood by one of his former friends. Man, I mean, like I said, I have to take my time because there's so many accomplishments of this dude. There's a lot of accomplishments in life and in death that I want to talk about when it comes to Nipsey Hussle. Now, I'm not going to sit here and blow any kind of smoke. Before his passing, I was not a mega fan. Matter of fact, I don't, you know, I kind of listened to him in passing. I never really gave him time or ear. Don't ask why. You know, I'm, I'm one of those old heads. Sometimes I get a little stubborn in my ways. I find a couple of artists that I like and I just vibe on those artists. <clears throat> I get like that sometimes. But I, I you know, I vibed them. 
he has some slapping tracks that I that I would slap every now and then, but I never really got into him the way that I, I got into someone like a Kendrick Lamar. But learning about who he was and what he did after his death. I feel like I missed the mark, man. Like this dude was saying something. This whole weekend, I was out working. I do a side hustle. I door dash on the side. Because I stay busy and I enjoy making money. And I was just vibing his album the whole weekend. And I slapped it before, but I never really vibed it. You know? But this weekend, I took the time to actually vibe and listen to what he was saying. And man, I feel like I missed out on a lot. Now, for those who know me, you know I have my favorite artists. That's in constant heavy rotation. And I talk about it all the time. My favorite artist of all time, believe it or not, and I lived through the GOAT era of the passing of Tupac, and Pac is definitely in my top three, and never in my 44 years would I have ever thought that someone would take the spot over Pac and Andre 3000. But many of you know that I'm a huge fan of Kendrick Lamar. And I believe he is the greatest rapper of all time. Greatest known rapper or artist. Because everybody, you know, I mean, when you talk about the greatest, that's, uh, I mean, you know, everybody has their own opinion on who the greatest is. And then you always have cats that come out the woodworks and they talk about, you know, these underground artists that you never heard of. But I'm going to go on record. I'm going to talk about I'm I'm talking about like well-known established artists that had made it from the bottom all the way to the top. Lyrically sound, musically sound, messages is sound. To me, Kendrick Lamar is the GOAT. And I know I piss a lot of old heads off for saying that. But I'm an old head. It is what it is. But one of the reasons why I like him is because what attracted me to Kendrick is he, he his love for the community and what he was doing for his community. And love for his culture and the and the, the mindset of wanting to change a culture and shift it from what it was to become something greater. I had no idea that Nipsey Hussle was on that same level as far as the message. This man was buying real estate in his community, opening up stores, providing jobs for young and old people in his community. Nipsey was an innovator. I found that out, man. Like, his store 
is, I believe, the first smart store ever created. One of his early success stories. Now, if this isn't thinking outside the box, I don't know what is. Nipsey dropped mixtapes for free. And then he decided to put out a special edition or made it seem like what would be a special edition. Well, I'm sure it is now. And he still offered it free. But for the pressed up CD version, he sold a hundred of them. Or a thousand of them, excuse me. A hundred bucks a pop. Made his first hundred (laughs) K. You know what I like about this story is artists like Rick Ross and artists like Jay-Z bought a handful of those albums because they respected his hustle. They respected what he was trying to do. Man, that is love. That's called paying it forward. This man took that opportunity and he ran with it. And he started building an empire. But he didn't leave his hood. He was building an empire within his community. He didn't leave his community behind. He wanted to bring his community up with him. Wow. Such an iconic character. So many of us talk about it. But not enough of us be about it. A little over 10 years ago. A little over 10 years ago. I'm going to say about 12, 13 years ago. I used to be an ordained minister. And we had a hip-hop group where we would travel. And we would minister. We would go to the inner cities. We would go out to the country. I mean, we didn't care where we went. We would just go. We felt like God was telling us to go, we would go. But we had the opportunity to go down and minister in L.A. one time, and we saw a lot of miracles down there. But man, when we got there, it was one of the most, as far as like just the energy and the spirit and the atmosphere, man, it was one of the most broken places. And I grew up in Southern California, so I already knew what the what the expect, kind of expect. But at that time, I mean, they were really, it was really going on. This is probably around 07, somewhere around there. And it was deep. I was raised in San Bernardino. I was raised out in the IE. And I am not unfamiliar to gangs or gang culture. I'll be the first one to admit that when I was 13 years old, I was jumped into a gang. I, at one time in my younger life, was a crip. My brothers are crips. I have many friends now to this very day that are crips. So I'm not unfamiliar with the culture. I'm not unfamiliar with what was going on in Southern California. But at that time, man, the 
energy level there was just so, so broken. One of these days, I'll tell you my story and how I broke out of that, that box. But I ain't going to lie. I'm not going to lie. That part of me, that part of me, um, I don't think will ever totally go away. I mean, I will never actively bang. <clears throat> I don't gang bang. I mean, I'm too old for, for one. But it's part of my childhood. It's part of that the makeup growing up and what I was influenced by. Nipsey was bridging the gap. He was bringing unity within the community there. <laughs> Not just within the black culture, but with the Chicanos, with the Asians, with the Islanders. He was bringing it together. He was bridging the gap. People underestimate how deep blooding and cripping is down in Los Angeles. I mean, all you have to do is take a look around the United States. You now have Crips and Bloods all over the United States. And it started right in the heart of South Central L.A. When I was growing up, it was so many Crips, we was beefing with Crips. Not just Bloods, it was Crips beefing with Crips. Set tripping with other Crips. <clears throat> Nipsey was bridging that gap. Oh, man. So he opened up one of the first smart stores in his community. He bought out a whole um, plaza or mall. Opened up businesses. Was planning on doing even more. Gave jobs to people. He also helped launch uh, a program called STEM. Or Vector 90. Basically what it did is it. Uh, it created links between young talent from impoverished neighborhoods. Uh, and give opportunities, you know. In Silicon Valley. So let me reward that. He created Vector 90 to create links between young talent from impoverished neighborhoods and opportunities in Silicon Valley. He was making moves, man, like, <sighs> dude, growing up <clears throat> poor, growing up in the hood. We dream. A lot of us dream. Because a lot of us grow up 
without many of us who grew up in the hood grew up without. And just like any other kid in the suburbs or who's living a good life, we all have dreams and aspirations. It's just a little bit different when you grow up in the hood because you don't really have a lot of the opportunities and you have to work a little bit harder. You know, you got, you know, and then when you're growing up with violence all around you and, you know, and you're expected to act in and be a certain way. It's a little bit harder. Because you have to be active. Like before I got jumped in. It wasn't like I grew up thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to be a crip when I become a teenager. And it was automatic, man, because it was just it's it's just what it was. Like I said, my brothers is crips. My brothers used to slang dope on the block. So guess what? I grew up seeing it. Guess what my homies did? They grew up watching it. We all became products of our environment. <clears throat> One of the best things that could ever happen to me in my life, which really changed and opened my eyes, is I got arrested when I was 14 for selling crack. And at that time, my family migrated up to Sacramento. And of course, you know, I'm hard-headed. I'm not leaving my hood for anybody. This is what it is. This is home to me. So I decided to keep my little ass down there in Southern California, in San Bernardino, and live on the streets until those streets kicked my ass for about a year, year and a half. Got arrested. San Bernardino said, nope. You're not our problem anymore. You need to go up to Sacramento. That was one of the best things that could have ever happened to me. Now, of course, when I moved to Sac, I had a chip on my shoulder, Southern California boy. You know, I thought oh, I'm moving into this slow ass town, country. And <clears throat> but when I got there, I moved in the heart of Oak Park, surrounded by bloods. <laughs> Man, <laughs> Crazy. But it gave me an opportunity to see outside of the realm that I could not see before. It gave me the opportunity to realize, you know what, this is this could be a fresh start. Because when I first got there, I still was messing up. I still was doing stupid stuff. Stealing cars, taking them down to Southern California. But there came a point where I realized it was like, man, this is like, I don't have no beef with nobody up here. Like, I don't really know anybody. I can walk down the street out here. Nobody knows me and I can be totally safe. I didn't have that comfort when I grew up in San Bernardino. Every time I walked down the street, you know, it was always that wonder of am I going to get shot? Am I going to get pulled up on? Just walk into the store. You know, standing on a block, you never knew what was going to happen in Southern California. And I didn't have that feeling when I moved to Sacramento. So it gave me an opportunity to kind of poke my head out and see beyond the life that I was living. This man Nipsey saw this in his own hood, though. He was able to peek above the realm of everything around him. Push himself to success, 
but not leave where he came from. He decided to stay and bring others up. Encourage others, hey, you can do the same. We don't have to live in this same repetitive bullshit that we see constantly. The repetition of us killing each other, killing one another, one another doesn't have to keep going. We can stop this nonsense. Now, a lot of people are talking about Nipsey's um, passing. People are trying to compare it to Pac's passing. Of course, you know, whenever something tragic happens and a and a you know an icon dies, they're always going to try to compare it to another icon. Both were great men. Obviously, uh, a friend of mine that I know, a rap artist that I know, pretty well-known rap artist that I know was kind of speaking on it. And I read one of his comments on a Facebook post and he talked about how Nipsey was 33, Pac was only 25. So you can't really compare what they did. But I will say this, Pac ignited the vision of rappers like a Nipsey Hussle or a Kendrick Lamar. Or if you want to go down south, a lot of people don't know what rappers like, you know, 2 chains, what, what he's doing in his community. Program helping out single mothers. A lot of these things Pac talked about. But <clears throat> obviously he was gunned down at the early age of 25 Never really had the full opportunity to follow through on, on a lot of those things that he talked about and dreamed about. But here you have these younger guys, these younger cats that are coming in and they're catching on to the vision. And they're sparking. I mean, Pac sparked it. But now these guys are like igniting the flame. They're like blow, they're blowing wind on the flames. It's sad to see someone pass and not fully see what they started. Which brings me to my next point on Nipsey. After his passing, his record sales soared. Over 2,000%. There was an increase. Of 2,000%. He went from. Just an average artist. To where people like me are saying, hold on, wait a minute. This dude has something to say. Why weren't we paying attention to what this dude was saying? Man. 
I feel like I missed out on a lot. Now I got to go back and dig in the crates. I got to go back and dig in the crates, man, and, and listen to more of what he had to say. And you know what? There's a lot of artists out right now. There's a lot of young Nipsey Hussles and a lot of young Tupacs of the world right now that a lot of us need to give ear to. But you know what happens when you hit like ages like mine is sometimes we become stagnant. We look at all the the ignorant. Oh, man, that's not a good word. I don't want to make it sound like so bad. I would say the ignorance of youth. I won't say the individual itself. I say, you know, I'll say it like this in the sense of at one time in our life, in our teenage or younger years, we all have fallen into that place of just complete ignorance, just not knowing what on what about life. And a lot of us older heads, we do get caught up with some of these younger cats, you know, that they exploit they their ignorance and we think that that's all that's out there but there is a lot more young intelligent visionaries future icons out there and we need to take our time and slow down and and see who's out there listen to them because those are the ones we need to be elevating not shutting them down I mean, there was a time where I was totally shutting down every new artist out in the hip-hop community. It was like, nope, garbage, nope, garbage, nope, don't like them. Not even taking my time out to listen to them. And I want to say around 2014, matter of fact, around the time I was starting to go through my divorce, um, I started to rekindle the love for hip-hop and, and just started paying attention to different artists and new artists that was out there. And I vowed that I wasn't going to become old Uncle Elroy, that grouchy-ass old man. Back in my day, hip-hop was... No, I didn't want to become that, first of all, because I love hip-hop so much. I want to see it to grow. I mean, hip-hop is part of my DNA, part of my life. I was freestyling on the schoolyard in fifth grade. Like, it, it, it's a part of me. Writing is a part of me. Do I rap and record anymore? No, not really. I don't, but I still write. It inspired me to want to become a writer, you know, to where now I'm doing a podcast. Now I have a poetry page. Eventually, I want to start writing screenplays. But hip hop itself will never die inside of me. If anybody ever asked me to bless the mic for them, best believe I'm going to bless the mic for them because there is nothing like writing a hard-ass 16-bar, 24-bar verse, whatever. I don't care how many bars. It ain't nothing like writing a hot one. Hip-hop is in me. There's a lot of young cats out there. A lot of young nipsies of the world. And I wish we would get out of our ignorance as older folks and start paying attention to these younger cats and stop pushing other nonsense that are out there. The six nines, the Takashi six nines and the Lil Peeps of the world. You know, I saw an interview with J. Cole and, and Lil, um, Lil Pump. I'm sorry. Rest in peace, Lil Peep. I didn't mean to say Lil Peep. But Lil Pump. 
And I saw what J. Cole was doing. He was trying to feed this young man some knowledge. A lot of people was ridiculing J. Cole for doing that, for being so nice and not going hard on him. I respected what J. Cole was doing with this young man because he was trying to he was trying to teach him and mentor him and show him that there is another way, that there is another level to this that these young artists aren't seeing. And these record labels, they don't give a shit. They don't give a damn about these young artists or these young talents. They just want to use them, put them out there in the forefront so they can continue to make their billions just like they did with rock. In the 80s, this whole glamour rock era exploited a lot of talented musicians. Of course, those musicians got rich off of it. They got a lot of women. They did a lot of drugs. But those labels didn't set them up for success. They didn't tell them what it was going to be like when they overdosed on heroin. Man... I mean, that's a whole that's a whole other subject I can get into. I can go on and on and on about this. But I want to talk this. I want to continue to talk about Nipsey Hussle. One of the biggest things that Nipsey pulled off in his passing is he pulled off a truce in LA. Bloods and Crips laying down their weapons laying down their their beef with each other and coming together celebrating a man's life calling a gang truce which had this has not been done in 27 years not since 1992 after the LA riots and the whole Rodney King incident since L- has LA come together in a truce has gangs put their weapons down how long will this truce last I have no idea. I hope, I pray that it lasts a lot longer. These are the things that we were praying for when we went down there when I was a minister and we went down there in 07 or whatever year that was. This is the stuff that we were praying for down there. That we were we were hoping to see that shift in the community that there would be a unity that cats would start putting down their weapons. Nipsey led a char he led the charge to that and it's sad. It's sad that this happened after his passing, that he could not see it before he was actually passed. Here's what I love most about all of this. Is the man did not give up who he was in the process. He stayed true to who Nipsey was. I don't know if you guys are feeling me on that right there. That is that is some shit right there. He stayed true to who he was. He did not change who he was. He stayed committed to his hood. Now, real quick, I wanted to get into something. I know this is a long episode. This is a very, very, very long episode. And I know, man, I don't know if I should make this a two-part episode, but it took me a while to get this going. I didn't want to just put together an episode like I normally do. I wanted to take my time before recording this episode and before discussing the passing of Nipsey Hussle because there's so much that goes into this and... 
there's another subject I want to talk about. I mean, when we talk about young ignorance, I was just mentioning that a few minutes ago. You know, what? I'm just going to talk about it now. I'll touch on it now. And if you guys like you want me to touch on it more, if you're listening to this and you want me to touch on it and uh, do an episode strictly committed to to talking about younger artists and discussing it, feel free to hit me up at the Bounce House on Facebook. Only one surrender at the Bounce House on Facebook or only one surrender uh, at the Bounce House on Twitter. Feel free to hit me up if you want to talk about it more. But I'm going to I'm going to let this be a segue into like it's kind of a sub conversation to what we have going on, because you have a young rap artist, Kodak Black, who made one of the most disrespectful statements you can make after someone passes along. Body still warm. Not even laid to rest. There has been no memorial service yet. And this young dude comments on Nipsey's wife. Already trying to push up on the man's wife. You want to talk about young ignorance? That's young ignorance at its finest. A lot of older cats are pissed off and rightfully so. 92, um, 92 point, oh God, what is it? 92.5 to beat. Or pledging not to play his music anymore. Couple of radio stations in LA. Kodak is not welcome in LA. And and, in all honesty, I'm going to tell you right now. Knowing how people are. Knowing how people are. He he should stay away from LA for a while. I'm not condoning anything. All I'm saying is he needs to stay out of LA for a while. Because... The disrespect is so real. And I get, man, like, you know, you want to be patient with a young artist like that because all of us were young. All of us, all of us had that fiery spirit at one time or another. But we all had to live and learn. And this cat is running his mouth, doing some things that is like, dude, that is not okay. And then he gave a half-hearted apology. Like, part of me want to say, man, he's just young. He don't know. He just has no idea. But a part of me says, no. He's grown enough to know. To not be disrespectful. That you just don't do that. And if he ends up getting touched. I mean, man, it would be sad. Just the sad. Because he allowed his young ignorance to get in the way. But a lot of rap artists are pissed. The game is coming at them. Now that's, you know, T.I. is coming at them. Now, of course, you know, T.I. in the game. Those dudes are no punks anyways. They always going. I mean, they always seem to be in the forefront of having something to say. You know, but that's what it's like when you're an alpha male. You know what I mean? You you see the wrongs, you go after it. But I love how the hip-hop community is coming together and saying, nah, man, it ain't cool. It ain't right. It ain't cool what you said. It's time to shut that shit 
down. And I'm not talking about in a violent way. I'm talking about like with the LA radio stations. Like Big Boy said. I'm just not going to give you radio play. Let's stop making these young ignorant cats famous. Unless they have something real and they bringing it to the table. Let's stop making them famous. I don't give a damn about your catchy ass hooks. Let's find these artists that are going to bring unity back to hip hop. They're out there. Let's stop shutting them out. Let's start giving ear to these young cats that really have something to say. And when Kodak is ready, I'm not saying totally blackball the dude. I would never want to put the end of somebody's career dreams because of something that, you know, I'll never want to put a stop to that because we all deserve our shot, man. But I'm just saying I'm not going to support him until he has some something good to say. Point blank, period. My kids are listening. Maybe not. My daughter's into some other... She big on, like, Trippy Red. She was into Extation and... Not really big Kodak Black fans, but there's a lot of kids that are big Kodak Black fans. I'm just saying, man, overall... Overall, we got to shut that noise down, man, and bring hip-hop back to the forefront and let it do what it was meant to do. I'm going on an hour in this episode. Oh, my God. I've been talking for like an hour straight. I think I'm going to have to make a part two to this because now I feel like I'm just rambling towards the end here, and I want to have more of a setup. But what Kodak Black said is one of the most disrespectful things, or I, I, it's not so much what he said, it's what he did. It's the character behind it, man. Just wrong. All the way wrong. All the way wrong. So, I'm going to end this episode going out the same way. That I came in on the show. We're going to slap some Nipsey on the way out. You are listening to the Bounce House. I am your host. The only one, Surrender. Thank you for listening. Being that I have music in this episode that is not mine, I don't know if I'll be able to play my sponsorships. So I'm not probably going I'm I'm not going to get paid for this because I'm adding music that's not mine and uh some of the sponsors don't like that. But you can if you enjoy this show, you can actually sponsor the Bounce House. All you have to do is click on the Bounce House link at Anchor and become a paid subscriber. You can make a small investment, 4.99 a month, 9.99 a month. It will really help me out. Because I am looking to get new and better equipment. I want to start bringing people on the show. Have some real conversations. Some real Q&A. Dig deep. And I would love the support. So if you like what you're hearing. And you, you are enjoying the Bounce House. Please feel free. 
to not only like, subscribe, and share, but feel free to become a sponsor. I would really, really appreciate that, folks. I would really appreciate the love and the help and the support to get this podcast going. On that note, we're going to go ahead and go out. Listening to a young icon. You're listening to The Bounce House. I'm your host, the one and only Sorinda. Peace and love, y'all. Snap, nigga, ain't no hanging out, we take y'all off and-